it's easy to talk about the philosophy of farming. It's it's more difficult to accept the economic restrictions that it brings. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Bee Yard. You're listening to episode 35, Nobody's Down on the Farm Anymore. For the entirety of his beekeeping career, Tom Theobald lived in Niwak, Colorado. It's a small town of about 4,000 people located on Colorado's Front Range. It's surrounded by office parks and agricultural open space. And today's episode is about reaching out, connecting, and educating people about agriculture. My name is Laura Tyler. I'm your producer and host. This is episode 35, Nobody's Down on the Farm Anymore. It was written by Tom Theobald in 1991 and read by Tom in 2021. You don't have to spend too much time over a cup of coffee at one of the farmer's watering holes or at a social gathering of agricultural people before you overhear lamentations about how poorly agriculture is understood by the general public. At times, I've probably been as guilty as anyone, taking an occasional jab at the thermostat people who think their food comes from the grocery store and their heat from the thermostat. In our more rational moments, we all realize that we probably overstate the case out of frustration. But it is hardly surprising that agriculture is a mystery to many when 2% of the population in America does the farming and the remaining 98% have little or no connection with the sources of their sustenance. To make amends for my occasional impatience, I've always tried to take time to answer any questions I get as fully and completely as I can. Often I go on to explain to people what it is I do, why I do it, how it fits into the scheme of things, and how this all bears on their lives. Every so often, something happens which reinforces my belief that just by being around, I am educating people. One particular incident comes to mind. I have a bee yard on a small farm just east of Lyons, where the owner's wife does daycare for some of the Lyons youngsters. To get to the bee yard, I enter from the back side of the property, so I rarely stop at the house or have any contact with the kids, but the bee yard can be seen from the house. One sunny summer day as I was setting up to work with the bees, I heard one of these younger kids holler at the top of his voice. The bee man's here. The bee man's here. Why didn't somebody tell me the bee man's here? Obviously, unbeknownst to me, the kids had been observing the comings and goings of the bee man, and I thought about that as I worked the bees that day. Most of these kids will probably not remain in rural lions all their lives. 
They will probably go off to higher education, then on to metropolitan centers like Los Angeles, New York, or Denver to join the thermostat people and do sophisticated things with their lives. I took some small pleasure in knowing that at least a few of them would carry with them childhood memories of growing up in Lyons, of the B-man they used to watch, and have some broader understanding of the world in spite of their urban lives. But each of us has only a limited opportunity to educate people about agriculture. I can't take someone to the bee yards with me every day, nor can farmers have someone riding along on the tractor all the time. Yet it is crucially important that the 98% who have no ties to agriculture have some understanding of and appreciation for agriculture. Which is why a call I got two years ago, last March, was so intriguing. Lynn Smith owns one of the original homesteads between Niowet and Lyons and operates the Rainbow Valley Farm. Through school tours in the winter months and one-week summer day camps, Lynn utilizes the farm as an educational setting. Kids not only get an exposure to life on the farm, with pigs, sheep, horses, cattle, chickens, rabbits, etc., but they are guided through a week of learning. They come away with a basic understanding of gardening, ecology, natural history, and an appreciation of how the farm fits into the lives of everyone. For many, this may be their only exposure, but like the kids at my bee yard, they will go away with memories and a framework in which to better understand agriculture in their adult lives. Rainbow Valley Farm is a nonprofit operation, basically a labor of love, a condition which most farmers can relate to, and it is supported by a small staff and a corps of volunteers. Lyndon called me initially to see if I could help replace a bee tree which had been lost the year before and was a favorite of the kids. I arranged for the construction of an observation hive, a glass-sided hive like an ant farm, and it wasn't long before I too was drawn into the farm by the promise of its objectives. On May 11th, the farm will have the annual fundraiser, an 1800s farm festival. There will be demonstrations of sheep shearing, wool spinning and weaving, blacksmithing, and candle dipping. Claudia Nelson will be there with her Australian shepherds, working sheep. John Stabilar and Scott Selm of Distinctive Woodworking will bring kits for bluebird houses. There will be storytelling, pony rides, bluegrass bands, an Indian camp teepee, country dancing, and much more. I'll even have my homing pigeons there and will make releases each hour. This fundraiser is an important source of operating capital for the school, and Lynn's dedication to this concept is not only valuable to the kids involved, 
but provides a service to all of us in agriculture. So load your city friends in the grain truck and drive out to show your support. There is something there for everyone to enjoy. See you there. What was it like when you were at the preschool and you found out that you were known as the Bee Man? It was heartwarming, I have to say. (laughs) Totally unexpected. I didn't think those kids were paying any attention to me at all. And it was heartwarming. It really was. I often wonder what happened to those kids. Heartwarming how? (laughs) Well, think about it, you know. This kid was commenting on my life. The bee man's here. Why didn't someone tell me the bee man's here? (laughs) He obviously had been watching me for quite some time and (laughs) thought it was the... uh, Obligation of his little friends to let him know when the bee man showed up. (laughs) So you wrote this in 1991, I think. I find this episode, I I find it interesting when you, let me see how to, I want to rephrase this. So there's a little bit of poking fun at the thermostat people. Like it's almost like city mouse, country mouse type stuff that you're talking about. Yes. And then you also have a self-awareness of realizing that you're poking fun and then walking that back a little bit. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I think all of us can benefit by having a little fun poked at us from time to time, (laughs) a little air let out of our balloon. And uh, most of my friends are thermostat people, and I think most of my readers appreciate the sense in which the humor is offered. It isn't intended to be critical. When it comes right down to it, almost all of us are thermostat people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you also talk about how it's crucially important that people who have no ties to agriculture do try and understand. Can you explain why that matters? Well, agriculture is the basis for our existence, really. Without agriculture, what do we have, really? And I hope that that comes through in my writing. I have a very high regard for agricultural people. And uh, (laughs) agriculture began 10,000 years ago, and that initiated some very important changes in the human culture. So agriculture is the basis of it all. Sounds like you're identifying with thermostat people and agricultural people, city mouse, country mouse, can you explain a little bit more why the agricultural part is so important, why you respect that a lot? Well, agriculture is the basis for it all and has been for 10,000 years. It's the basis of our culture. And while we may have lost track of that, that doesn't change the relationship. It's still the most important part of our existence, whether we recognize that or not. And my hope is that through my writing and my reading, I'll be able to reestablish that level of communication between the agricultural people and the non-agricultural people. 
Do you see that changing? Has it changed since you wrote this piece 30 years ago? Oh, yes. I think it's changed a lot. And I think we've drifted away from the basics like agriculture considerably in the past 10 years. Really? How, how so? What well, makes you I, say I, that? Think about it for a minute. Go out on any city street and how many people within your field of vision are looking at a telephone. Mm. Pretty significant. I find it a little scary, frankly. Perhaps I shouldn't. Maybe I'm just an old fogey. <laughs> but I think it's a little scary when 90% of the people in your field of vision are looking at a telephone. So what does the telephone, smartphone, have to do with agriculture? How are these things connected for you? Well, they aren't connected. That's the point. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, if we talked about it long enough, we can see the connections between the two. But I find it concerning to me as an older person when the bulk of the population is communicating with the universe through a telephone. So a piece of that that I can relate with is when you're looking down at your phone, you're not feeling the world around you. The sunlight, the wind, your feet on the pavement, all of that is, it's just, you just don't connect with it. No, your connection with the world is through that mm -hmm. instrument called mm -hmm. the smartphone. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, we're seeing a lot more, it seems like more hobby agriculture happening. Is that something that you've noticed as well, or am I just tuning into that for the first time? Well, I think there's a lot more hobby agriculture because even though farmers aren't wealthy people, most people can't afford to farm anymore. Well, we're definitely seeing that in Boulder County where it's a struggle for open space department to find farmers to farm the open space. It's easy to talk about the philosophy of farming. It's more difficult to accept the economic restrictions that it brings. Mm-hmm particularly if you live in a county that's uh, adjacent to a metropolitan area where the wages are generally high and the, and the occupations are high-tech. Anything else you want to talk about related to this episode? I don't think so. Well, this was great. That was a really, that's a cute story. I can absolutely imagine you and your bee suit on. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Hot day, sweaty day. The bee man's here. <laughs> it's like you're the ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Notes from the Bee Yard. We'll be back in two weeks with episode 36. In the meantime, hop on over to notesfromthebeeyard.buzz to subscribe.